You're listening to the Living Healthy Podcast, presented by LA Fitness, where we tackle trending health and fitness topics and share inspirational stories to motivate you. On this week's episode, we're out to set the record straight as we talk with registered dietitian Debbie James about the top five nutrition myths. And at the end of the podcast, we play our first installment of Product Password, where we list the ingredients found on the back of a random food or beverage item, and Debbie has to guess the product before time runs out. We'll see if she's up to the task. All that and more is up next on the Living Healthy Podcast, presented by LA Fitness. Energize, realize, feel so good just to be alive. Time's a gift, my time is free. I can spend it on you, you can spend it on me. I can say you'll be blown away by the change you see. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Living Healthy Podcast presented by LA Fitness. I am your host, Andrew Gabell, along with my co-host, Candice Curie. How you doing, Candice? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm very excited for this podcast because I could definitely use some help with nutrition. Um, and You know what? For our listeners out there who also might need some help with nutrition, if we don't cover a topic that you're interested in, send us a tweet at LA Fitness using the hashtag Living Healthy Podcast, or you can just swing by our blog and submit your question there. Now, there's a lot of information out on the internet, a lot of misinformation, and we want to get to the facts, get to the truth, even though it might not be what we always want to hear. So we're going to try and do that today by revealing the top five nutrition myths. But before we do that, let's get to know our expert a little bit better and welcome in our registered dietitian, Debbie James. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So uh, tell us a little bit about what it, uh, how long you've been a dietitian and kind of what it takes to be a dietitian. Wow, I've been a registered dietitian for the past 20 years. And the regulations uh, for registration are that you have at least a four-year bachelor's degree. You've gone through a credentialed program. You qualify with a national exam. And then every five years, I maintain continuing education credits. Uh, and that's for every RD across the country. Some states have licensed nutritionists, and that'll be a little bit different. California doesn't. Uh, but with LA Fitness, I am also licensed in Florida. So coast right. to coast. <laughs> there you go. Coast Perfect. to coast. Great. Yeah. I think that's an important thing is that the continuing education for people in your field, like you're, you don't just learn it and then the decades pass you and you're using information from the 80s. You're like, oh, no. you're up to Nutrition date. is an evolving science. And so what we knew five years ago is not the same as what we know now. Right, right. Absolutely. Makes okay. Sense. Well, let's get into topic number one. So what is, what is the first myth on your list of the top five? I would say that people are still thinking that somehow sugar causes diabetes. And I mean the adult onset, the type two diabetes, not when you're born with it or you're juvenile. And that you know, oh my gosh, you can't have that brownie. You're going to get diabetes. Right. It's not the sugar in the brownie. Okay. It may be that the brownie is just too much for you for the day and okay. it has fat in it. So more of portion control then than just the sugar content. Probably. We're finding that it's the extra calories because diabetes is really multifactorial and that means there are a lot of other conditions contributing to it, that it's the extra calories that puts pressure on your system to have to keep up with insulin and surge that out, which makes you store fat, which makes you overweight, and that just makes Where do you, that worse. How did this myth get started? Why do people think the way they do that they think sugar 
creates oh. diabetes. Where'd that come well, from? Well, if you think of the definition of what diabetes is, it's a condition of high blood sugar. Okay. So you mm-hmm. get that word. And blood glucose can really come from um, many things, uh, not just what you've eaten, but you know what doesn't get into your cells and tissues. So uh, if you have too much pasta, if you have a big bowl of cereal, your blood sugar will rise anyway. Hmm. Uh, even people that don't have a lot of carbohydrates, they down a 12-ounce steak, uh, 16-ounce steak, their insulin is going to respond to that even without the blood sugar rise. And hmm. so they're also getting the same effects of insulin resistance and promoting storage. So what, what would you kind of suggest to people that are worried about diabetes, though, and kind of sugar? What is the what can you do, I guess? Because there is so much like natural sugar in things, right? And fruits and, you know, like you were talking about pasta, you know, carbohydrates have sugar. It's all it's all about that moderation and balance, too, <laughs> because it's a lot harder to eat three oranges than it is to down a 16 ounce soda. And in fact, the American Diabetes Association pretty much said all foods, you know, can fit. That's like a little theme, except sugar-sweetened beverages. Okay. All right. So that's one down. We got four more to go. What's next? I would say um, you, one of the things you had asked about, what can you do to prevent uh, diabetes? And reducing portions often means eating more frequently. So one of the myths I hear a lot and see often even in the fitness industry are, are people, I've got to eat every two to three hours. You know, it, it's one o'clock. I've got to eat again right. to, in order to yeah. lose weight. Right. I'm like, well, wow, I didn't know your stomach had a watch on it. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I have so many friends that agree with that, you know, way of thinking. These guys that are constantly at the gym, you know, lifting weights and they really do eat every two to three hours and they feel like that's, you know, what they have to do. There's no way around that. So why, why would you say that that's not necessarily the way to go? I would say that for weight loss, obviously it's total calories burned versus what you take in. Giving some people structure if they weren't very good at um, managing their intake and knowing even what they're eating to be on a, on, a, on a set schedule or write down everything on a food log can be really good because it's making them accountable and it's very visual. But for other people to just all of a sudden, okay, split your three meals a day. Now you got to eat six of them. Well, oftentimes that means they're eating more. Mm -hmm. Consuming too many calories then. It's really hard to split a meal. You know, like, are you really going to put half of that bowl of of pasta away? Like, what's half? I'm not done yet. And then Mm -hmm. it's only a quarter. But then when you eat again later, it's almost like another meal, not a snack. So the calories sometimes don't get spread out properly unless you're paying close attention do you have to like i'm someone that i don't really eat my first meal and oh god i wonder if i'm gonna get in trouble for this i don't really eat my first meal until like one o'clock in the afternoon is that terrible <laughs> i think her, terrible? her expression said it all <laughs> well, if you're if you're I a night can't person see her but it was a cringe <laughs> if you're a night person and you're eating late uh, yeah. some people really have like upset stomachs in the morning um, oftentimes I get that question, like if they're going to exercise and they don't want a stomach full where they're going to feel queasy, mm-hmm. I'm like, just eat breakfast afterward. One o'clock's kind of late. 
for the I, day I, if I, you don't have a, a weight so issue. So I have like a granola bar or something maybe at like 10.30. So I, I've tried to get myself to do something. But I've never been a breakfast person. I've never wanted to eat in the morning. But then I do eat. So I eat later in the afternoon. And then I do eat later at night after, you know, I put the kid to bed and stuff. We tend to eat later now. So... I don't know. That, that I may be something you can get away with now. Maybe right. not not in 10 years. I know. Okay. I know. I'm, okay. So I've got to work on that. I've got to force myself to eat something in the morning. But I eating guess, in the spread morning, it out. spread it out. Eating in the morning does give you more energy for concentration and better um, task accomplishment too. But as far as the weight loss, having to go by a clock doesn't really work. Uh, for some people that are natural grazers, they're going to eat a little bit more frequently anyway. They're not increasing you know, their calories. I just worry about the message of trying to add snacks when it's really having to replace a meal. And we have Mm. trouble with portions, cutting those down. It seems like, yeah, that's what it comes back to a lot. All right. So we got two myths down. What's myth number three? I would say that people are asking, how much protein do I need to build muscle? Thinking that they need more than they're already getting. Right. Okay. The reality is that Uh, For what you need to maintain, there's a certain level of protein. If you want to grow tissues or cells, it's going to take a little bit more. That little bit more is like a glass of milk. Hmm. It is like an ounce of turkey. Wow. Like that's all you really need. That little in a day because we're thinking about what it would be like for a whole week and Pairing that down, you know, divide by seven, whatever. So what's the deal then with all of these protein supplements that, you know, is kind of the new craze right now? I feel like everyone's drinking these protein shakes before hitting the gym. And are those really necessary? I think a lot of them have also to do with the high protein diets, which then gets it back into weight loss. But as far as like building muscle and increasing, really you need calories to support that because the cells that you're trying to grow... The carbohydrate fuels the work and also provides the structure along with fat. So you can't just grow muscle tissue with protein only. Yes, protein fragments in actin and myosin, those are the little um, linkages in your new muscle fibers that are growing. But it's like trying to build a brick wall without the mortar. Hmm. You know, if the bricks are the protein, okay. That's, that's not a full piece. You mm. need the glue to hold it together. And that's your carbohydrate and protein. Hmm. So I have a question then for our vegetarian and vegan listeners. What would be a good source of protein if they're not consuming enough? Uh, the number one for vegetarians is going to be any legume source and beans. So, And there's a wide variety. I mean, cooking with a cannellini bean is so different than a navy bean or a black bean a or a pinto bean. A what bean? A bean? I've never heard of that before. An, an Italian. <laughs> it's an Italian bean? Oh, God. Yes. My wife is they're part really Italian. good in trouble here. <laughs> with uh, garlic and oh, olive oil and fresh good. tomatoes and basil. Instead of using so much pasta, you can substitute some of these uh, Italian beans. They're hmm. really good. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And with so protein is really like more about. Like it's you don't need a ton to build muscle necessarily, but if you're dieting, more protein kind of can help you diet. Is Excellent, that right? Andrew. That's that's totally the point because as long as you have sufficient calories, the protein that you're eating can go to muscle growth and do only the special things that protein can. Versus carbohydrate or fat, it's the only one with nitrogen. So anything that has to do with that, from building antibodies. Um, to neurotransmitters and some things like that uh, is going to be protein's job 
only if you're getting enough calories. So when you're losing, when you're restricting your calories, say for weight loss, maybe you're not getting enough carbohydrate and fat. So you're going to have to shift more to protein hmm. just to make up for it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good information. <laughs> All right. What's So we got three down. On to the fourth one. The fourth and penultimate myth for today is what? <laughs> that stimulant drinks give you energy. And I mean like energy in the, in the actual definition of the word. Um, that's what we use as fuel to supply our cells to make um, muscles bend and your, and your brain function. Really, if they don't have sugar in them, if they don't have calories, they don't give you energy. They give you a stimulation that affects your nervous system that makes you more alert and awake, hyper, jitter, whatever you want to call it. And that gives you a sense of hmm. being more uh, so they're life. tricking us are you saying <laughs> we're being tricked <laughs> but, but, but you know what this brings up an interesting point though about being tricked i think because it's like if even if it's like a placebo you get you do get that feeling like you have more energy like i know i've taken a, a certain one before and i was like <laughs> wired and i was like i cannot take that again because that just seemed dangerous almost but um i definitely i can it have to do with your tolerance level a little bit uh, like how, like if you're always drinking caffeine, caffeine's maybe not going to have the same effect on you. Oh, sure. You can build okay. up a tolerance for sure. Right. But it's still going to be a stimulant kind of artificial energy, not actually the fuel that you need. Hmm. See, and when I've always, when I've had energy drinks, the few times I have, I always, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I, always I swear, I try not to drink them because <laughs> caffeine kind of amps me up a lot. But um, I always tried to stray away from the sugar-free energy drinks. But what you're saying is that really isn't good either. <laughs> I thought I was being healthier for some reason. In either case, I mean, the original energy drink is going to be uh, the traditional Coca-Cola because of the, the original compound that was in it. And now, right. Right. You, now you just <laughs> We know have what we're talking about there, <laughs> right, enhanced, people? <laughs> enhanced beverages. Um, that if they have the sugar in them as that base, as that um, corn syrup that's in those soft drinks, you're getting some energy from that as well as the stimulant effects from the caffeine. But when, you, when you're just overloading caffeine, taurine, cola nut, and all these other compounds in there, um, are you really doing the work that's using that? So it's not really, it's not fueling your body, but it's giving you the sense of like alertness. Exactly. Right? Okay. It's kind of just like almost waking your brain up, but it's not like giving you actual energy to do tasks necessarily. Exactly. I mean, you can go to the pharmacy and find some vibrant pills or Hmm. some other capsules, but they don't call them energy pills. They call them stimulants because Mm. they're stimulants. Mm. It's like norepinephrine in in your system when you are faced with a danger and that that triggers you for work. Hmm. So I guess a lot of us are just walking around in a haze, and we're just like, please lift the haze energy drinks. <laughs> That's because you're skipping breakfast. Oh, okay. oh. oh, oh man! Circle. <laughs> it back. Dietitian Deb Slam. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we're through four. We got one left. What's this last uh, nutrition myth? Uh, I'd say this one's from the the 80s, but it's still prolonged. That fat is bad for you, just oh, as a so blanket about statement. <laughs> right. Okay. So it, I'm guessing because it's a myth, it's not bad for you. Not all fat, and it's okay. of course back to the portion thing of how much. 
So everybody needs fat. We just talked about muscle growth, fats in part of our cells. It also, dietary fat helps us absorb some uh, fat-soluble vitamins. You need it for lots of things in your body, um, from insulation to cushioning uh, when you fall and protecting your organs. But too much fat means too much calories, really. And fat has twice as many calories per gram than carbohydrate or protein mm-hmm. do. So it's easy to d- take a handful of something fatty versus a handful of chips. <laughs> Those versus, would be fatty yes, versus, versus something uh, very light, like puffed rice, hmm. you know, and you're going to get uh, a density of calories that are going to contribute to weight gain and all the problems that we have from the type two diabetes um, to with insulin resistance to inflammation and some other degenerative diseases. Hmm. Well, something I've always been so curious about is so many people have had success on high fat diets, you know, like the ketogenic diet, but then you hear about too much fat in your diet, you know, contributing to heart related issues and illnesses. Um, can you speak to that at all? I mean, absolutely. And there, and there are kind of two sides to the same coin. So if you look at the, I wouldn't call it a high fat diet. I'd say those were the intended high protein diets that were supposed to avoid carbohydrate and avoiding the carbohydrate for weight loss gives its own benefits, pros and cons. But then if you look at like vegetarian diets where they eat tons of nuts and maybe, you know, seeds and avocados and olives and all these healthy fats that are actually good for your heart. And I don't know, I can't say for sure, this is not scientific data, but I don't know all that many vegan vegetarians that are overweight. Sorry. Yeah. Right. right. It's true. Because it just takes so long to eat the things they need to eat. They're like, oh, I need like a bushel of nuts over here. And then it's like, it's so much easier. Just steak, bam, done. It is. It's a little uh, <laughs> perhaps calorie restrictive. Yeah. Um, but the healthy fats are going to be all of the plant-based ones plus what we get from fish, which mm. is a polyunsaturated fat. And it actually can be cardioprotective to eat those kind of fats. Okay. All right. So it sounds like kind of healthy fats is definitely the way to go. You don't have to eliminate fat, but go towards the healthy fats. Um, All right. So now that we have that done and the top five myths out of the way, I want to play a little game with you, Debbie. It's called Product Password. Cue the music. And this is how it works. I am going to read a list of ingredients off of a product. And I want you to tell me, I want to see if you can name what this product is. Just, Just the general... Um, range of product. It doesn't have to okay. be the brand name necessarily, but here we go. Water, high fructose corn syrup, less than 0.5% of citric acid, salt, magnesium chloride, calcium chloride, monopotassium phosphate, natural flavors, modified food starch. It's a flavored water. You pretty much got it. Yeah, it, it's a power. Uh-huh. So, yep, you got it. I didn't want to you name names. It. You didn't want to name names, but you got it. A fitness water, a sports drink. In yeah, other words, yeah, job. you got I'm it. Impressed. That wow. is impressive. That's good. Yeah, maybe every time we have you on, we're going to try and stump you. We'll see if we can stump dietitian Deb. Let's yes. do it. You like it? All right. She's into it. All right. That sounds good. Okay. Well, those are the top five nutrition myths. Let's rattle them off for you real quick in no particular order. Fat is bad for you. We figured out that's not the case. There are actually a lot of good fats for you. Sugar causes diabetes type 2. That is also a myth. That isn't the case. It's usually with all these things, it comes down to just uh, too much of whatever you're having. 
you have to eat three to four hours. You have to eat every three to four hours to lose weight. That's not necessarily the case, too. Uh, everyone's, you know, diet is a little bit different. Uh, it takes a lot of protein to build muscle. That's also not true. It just takes maybe a little bit more, which could be, what, what did you say, like a glass of milk? Or, yeah, so it really doesn't take a lot more, but a lot of people tend to go towards protein when they're trying to diet. Um, stimulant drinks give you energy. It doesn't actually give you energy. You actually aren't going to be able to just like lift a car now, um, but you're going to think you can lift a car, and that's probably the danger of them. <laughs> All right. We want to thank our guest, Debbie James, for stopping by. She's our registered dietitian. And if you have a question for her that wasn't on the show today, feel free to visit our blog at blog.lafitness.com and go to the Q&A section, submit your question, or you can just tweet us at LA Fitness, use the hashtag Living Healthy Podcast, and maybe your question will be on the show next time. Uh, so until next time, we want to thank you for tuning in to our Living Healthy Podcast, and we will see you in the gym and see you next time. <laughs>